It is my honor and my pleasure tonight to introduce to you Mr. John McEwen. glad to be here because, well, <laughs> I got in free. And <laughs> it's wonderful to be uh, in the same space with Grandpa's son. And Mark has been a, a friend over the years, and Grandpa was somebody, Grandpa Jones was somebody I really enjoyed knowing. And I played the banjo. <laughs> and I had a dream when I was a teenager in Orange County, California. I had a dream, maybe someday, I could play Mountain View. I started playing kind of like this. said things to you they thought were funny. <laughs> you know, things like, hey, did you hear about the banjo player that went into Walmart and he got inside and he, he remembered he left his banjo in the car and he forgot to lock it. He ran out there, he was too late. There were three more banjos. <laughs> you thought that was funny. <laughs> well, my own, my own family, my, my youngest son, he called me up last week and said, Hey, Dad, did you hear what NASA found out? They, they took a picture of, of Mars, a real close-up from one of the things flying around it, and they said that they saw something that looked exactly like a banjo. And they said it proved there was no intelligent life on Mars. I had to put up with that. I have six kids that you people have helped me raise. <laughs> they're, well, they're kids, they're 38 through 48 now, and my daughter's the oldest, she's the only girl. 48 years old, oh. I remember when she was 38, yeah. <laughs> One night I was tucking her into bed, not when she was 38, but <laughs> she was about uh, five, actually, and she said, hey, Daddy, would you play me a song on the banjo so I can go night-night? I went, sure, honey. I tucked her in and went, night, night. <laughs> yeah, she'll be out of therapy in one more year. And uh, Just because you're late doesn't mean you have to sit way over there. <laughs> you're late. Did you bring a note? I just wondered. Uh, here's a song I played for my kids as they were growing up, all the way uh, through their grade school years. I, I put them to bed with Grandfather's Clock. And I thought this was appropriate. Grandpa Jones, grandfather's clock. Oh, that'll work out. Okay, good. Ready, boys? Oh. Uh, 
How are we doing on time? We got time for some more, right? Okay. I know some of you are familiar with the Will the Circle Be Unbroken album. Yeah. One of my favorite records I've ever been on. And that, we'll get to the story of that pretty in a minute. But I'm going to play one of the songs that Mr. Merle Travis did with us. You know Merle Travis? Oh, good. And uh, I do so with a, a lot of respect. stupid, isn't it? <laughs> it fits me really well. Uh, before I continue, please make welcome to the stage a longtime friend in music. We've been playing together for 20 years, Mr. Matt Cartsonis. <laughs> When the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band started, there was a lot of different music going on in Southern California. Things like... You must remember that. Yeah, you just... Oh, yeah. The things like... Let's see, how did that go? You know Fogarty was... Yeah, whoop! But I was listening to people like Merle Travis and Earl Scruggs and Doc Watson. And when we got Merle Travis on the Circle album, one tune he wanted to record was that Cannonball Rag. I'll never forget, we went over to his house to, to rehearse, and he said, well, I called up his wife the day before, and she said, oh, Merle's looking forward to getting that old box out of the closet and tuning it up. Oh, good. <laughs> Knocked on the door, and she says, oh, Merle, the boys are here. Get that old box out of the closet and tune it up. And he started getting that guitar out of the dustiest case I've ever seen. He goes, let me get this tuned up, boys. Oh. Honey, which one is out of tune? I don't know. Well, that one, I got it. And then he said, I want to do the Cannonball Rag on this record. It's, it's the one that kind of goes like... Uh, he did this for about a minute and a half. We were just sitting there sweating. 
<laughs> Maybe he should have tuned that old box up a little earlier. <laughs> but he was just reeling us in because he did this. for our bass player. <laughs> Back from the nitty gritty dirt band in 1977, we, be, and we became the first American band to go to Russia. It was like a whole other country over there. <laughs> I'd like to have you make welcome a, a Dirt Man member that was in the group in the 70s, spent several years. I've known this man for 40 years now. Please make a welcome to the stage, Mr. John Cable. That's it, you can go now. <laughs> nice shirt. John and I spent a month over in Russia. We did 28 sold out shows, the band did. They had a different word for everything. But this song comes from Mr. Merle Travis, and we thought about this a lot. I played this song every day while I was over there. Mr. Matt Carsonis. When I 
go down to that river of Jordan just to bathe my weary soul. If I could touch but just the hem of his garment, good Lord, I believe that he could make me whole. Now, when I'm dead, laying in my coffin, all of my friends. Okay, okay. Both of my friends all gathered round. They will say that he is laying there sleeping. Good Lord, sweet peace. Yeah, his soul is found, John. Welcome to the stage now, an original, fellow original member of the Dirt Band. This is the man that called me in 1966 in June and said, hey, the guys at the guitar store are getting together and putting a group together. <laughs> and I came and started playing with them. Mr. Les Thompson, get out here, boy. How you doing, Les? I'm doing great. How are you doing, John? <laughs> Pretty good. Sounds good out there. Yeah, all good. You had a lot more hair back then, didn't you? It's gone, but not forgotten. Les and I uh, played t for 10 years together, and we made four albums. We were in the movie Paint Your Wagon. You remember that one? Yeah, that first hit record we had, Buy From Me The Rain, got us the audition for Paint Your Wagon. And we spent four months on the set up in Oregon watching Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood learning how to sing. <laughs> You're right, they didn't. <laughs> we got back and the group broke up. Jeff didn't want to do it anymore. And about six months later, we were watching a band called Poco in a club in LA. And Jeff and I said to each other, let's get the band back together. So I called Les this time. And we started playing. We found a man named Jimmy Ibbotson. All right. And he became the new the, one of the new voices in the group and brought us a lot of great songs. He sang this one on the record, but this is kind of the way we're doing it tonight. This is a, a song that uh, we put on that Uncle Charlie album, the one that he was talking about earlier. Ready, boys? One more time, the reason why you must 
for that album. We spent four months rehearsing to make our fifth album, and uh, we, we needed one more song, and Jeff came in and said, I was driving home last night, and I heard a song on the radio that's perfect for me by some guy that had two names, two first names. Jerry was the first one, and uh, Jeff was the other one, so I remembered that. <laughs> His name was Jeff. He could remember that. And, and Jimmy Ibbotson said, I got that in my record collection in the trunk of my car. His car. He drove a Dodge Dart all the way from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. <laughs> and a Dodge Dart. Chuckle, if you will. Aside from being an outstanding music library, the Dodge Dart is the finest piece of American glass, rubber, and steel that ever rolled off an American assembly line. I lived in one myself. <laughs> for about 400,000 miles. Well, Ibby ran out to his car and his record collection was 145. <laughs> Some girl had given him this record before he went, went west and said, I think this will be important to you. And sure enough, it was Jerry Jeff Walker doing that song of his. It, it, that, that record kind of sounded like this. Do a man bojangles and he danced for you in worn out shoes, silver hair and ragged shirt and baggy pants. He did the old soft shoe. Oh, he could jump so high, higher than anybody before since. Then he lightly touched down. What was his name? Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, and he could dance. Matt danced for 
better better sell in New Orleans. We were down and out. He looked to me to be the eyes of age. Then he spoke right out. Oh, he talked of his life, what a life he had had. Laughed and clicked his heels and stepped. Then he said his name, Bojangles, and he danced a lick across the cell. He grabbed his pants for a better stand so he could jump so high. And then he clicked his heels again. And he let go and laugh. Yeah, I heard him laugh. Somebody down at the end of that cell block said, who is that crazy guy? That's Mr. Bojangles Mr. Bojangles Mr. Bojangles <laughs> He knew how to dance shows and county fairs throughout the south spoke through tears for 15 years how his dog and me traveled about dog up and died he up and died after 20 years he still grieved Said I dance now at every chance and honky tonks for drinks and tips. But most of my time I spend behind these county bars. I drink a bit, shook his head as he shook his head. I heard someone ask, "Please." Y'all know his name. I hate it when that song is over. <laughs> That's a fun space to be in, because we wanted to have a top 10 record, and we thought that one had a chance, and it did, but, uh, well, and then it didn't. <laughs> in, in fact, uh, it had been on the charts for about 18 weeks, and it made it to number 17, and the record company said, it's over. 
And the next week it went to 15. Then we went, oh, it's not over. <laughs> but then the next week it went to 16, and it looked like it was over. But the next week it went back up to 13. And we thought there was a chance to get to the top 10. I mean, wouldn't you want a top 10 record? Because you've never heard anyone say, we've got a top 13 record. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said, well, there's not a chance unless you play a certain Catholic girls' school in Manhattan. <laughs> Didn't seem to make sense, but we listened. I mean, wouldn't you have listened if, if that was a chance? Well, how could it be a chance? We found out that the guy that programmed ABC in New York, he was the most important in radio, because if he didn't play a record, well, Boston, Cincinnati, Chicago, a bunch of other big stations would not play it. So they followed him. And his daughter went to that school. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> you would have done that, right? So yeah, so there we were, Les and me and the other guys, and, we were there on a Friday morning about 9.30, setting up, a.m., getting ready for the junior high girls' school lunch program. <laughs> That's what it was. Bunch of tables up by the stage, kind of like Las Vegas with chocolate milk. <laughs> getting ready to play. And the sister walks in and says, do you boys need anything? And I said, oh, I'm just wondering who else has played your lunchtime program? And she said, oh, this year we've been very lucky. The Jackson Five, uh, they're really good. And, and then Mr. Paul Simon right after that. Uh, oh, and before that, John Lennon. What a nice boy. Well, we got to get ready for the show. <laughs> we played the show, and as we drove out of Manhattan the next Monday, ABC Radio said, here's a new song by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. <laughs> I knew a man Bojangles. And they dance for you. <laughs> yep. And it went to. We made the top ten. It was really a fun time. I was driving an equipment truck from New York to Denver for the first time in Denver. I made it in 42 hours. <laughs> hey, that's not bad time. What are you laughing at? Would have been faster in a dart. <laughs> well, you got a point there. But, uh, but how many Dirt Band fans? We, you know, you've got some nitty-gritty fans here tonight, right? <laughs> well, I am one, too. <laughs> it's kind of a living, breathing situation. Jimmy Ibbotson came and went a couple times, and... I left in the 90s for a few years. I, I took an I hate us. Uh... This is a faster crowd than Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> that went over so well, I'll say it again. I took an I hate us. Yeah. And came back in in the years 2000. And, but when Ivy was out of the group, this is, this is to some of the middle period fans. When Ivy was out of the group, we, we did duo shows together. And he'd written a new song that I thought he should be back in the group, we should record, and it'll get on country radio. And it did. And this one made the top 10, too. 
the whole story is in the song about playing a wedding for the money and something he wanted to tell the bride. And, oh, you know it. I won't give it away anymore. I could have told the bride and groom Just what I think of marriage And what's in store after the honeymoon And I was grumbling to the dancers About how men and women all live apart And how a promise never made cannot be broken Never break a heart When suddenly from out of nowhere A little girl came skipping across the floor And all her crinolines were billowing Beneath the skirt of calico that she wore And what a joy to all the honored guests as each of them was drawn into her dream. They all laughed and stamped and clapped their hands and hollered at her, dance, little Jean. And they said, dance, little Jean, this day is for you. Two people you love stood up to say I do. get together, man. It had ended years of tears and sad confusion that the little girl had spent. Then they told the band to pack it up about the time the couple cut the cake. But we played as long as they stayed Love and laughs and little genie sang And we played dance Little Jean This day is for you Two people you love Stood up to say I do Dance Little Jean A prayer that you had Was answered today Mama's marrying your dad it was answered today, mother's marrying your dad.
Thank you. Good job, Matt. Well, thank you, John. Well, t time went on. <laughs> Back in those, when that Uncle Charlie album happened, we didn't know who was going to hear it. To this day, I'm always amazed when people say, oh, I started listening to that album when I was 12, when I was 15 or 20. My, my older brother had it. And uh, I didn't know that Earl Scruggs and his family had heard it. His sons played it for him. I didn't know that Doc Watson's son, Merle, had played it for him. I didn't know that Jimmy Martin's son played it for him. So when I asked Earl Scruggs if he'd... <laughs> Earl Scruggs. I, I, he came to see us in, in, in 1970, and I asked him why. And we were in Nashville. He said, I wanted to meet the boy that played Randy Lynn Rag the way I intended to. <laughs> that was a shock. So I got up my nerve, my confidence. I got ready to pop the question when I was taking him back to his hotel after a club show in Boulder, Colorado. And I was all ready and I said, Earl? He goes, yes, John. I said, uh, I, I was wondering, um, would you, uh, I, I, yes, John. I was wondering, would you consider or think about, uh, I had this idea, would you, you think that maybe, um, uh, could you have the time, would you consider uh, recording with Nitty Gritty Dirt Band? <laughs> and he said, I'd be proud to. <laughs> that scared the heck out of me. Now, a week later, Doc Watson was at the same club, and I was a little braver that time. I said, Doc, we're making an album with Earl Scruggs. <laughs> Want you to be part of it. And he says, well, I'll be there. But some of the music that brought me to bluegrass was this one that Flatten Scruggs recorded. And I got this as a teenager when I was learning how to play the banjo. I mean, I wasn't weird. I was just a t teenager with a banjo in, in California. It's unusual, yes, I grant you that. And I had a dog. I, I actually had an East German Shepherd. Now, East German Shepherd, it, it, it kept people in my yard. <laughs> I hate us, even took less time. Yeah. This will take, this took me back to a place I'd never been.
that ramshackle shack in those Blue Ridge Hills far away. Where my mother and father are laid there to rest, they are sleeping in peace together there. picking that song if it hadn't been for Earl Scruggs. Same with this one. This is called Earl's Breakdown. This one won us a Grammy when we did it with Earl in 2002.
That's pretty aerobic, guys. <laughs> Any questions? He's serious. <laughs> and I'm Greek. I've heard you say that before, and I don't know what that means. It's uh, Greek. It's cosmic. Oh. And ethnic. No questions. Gee, you just came with... None of you said on the way here, you know, I wonder... Okay. What did you say? Where's Marilyn? Why, thank you. That's my, wife. That's my wife she's talking about, Marilyn. Uh, um... You know, I don't know. <laughs> John, she's at the movies. Uh, when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, my brother and I made our way to the Grand Old Opry because we wanted to see what was happening. I was from Southern California and, you know, grew up in the hippie age back out there and all that going on. And I, I never got involved in some of the recreational things that people did. I was playing the banjo, and uh, I, uh, <laughs> he like... Banjo players were never offered those recreational devices. <laughs> we were very protective of the banjo player. <laughs> See what I mean? It still goes on. The, the kind of, you know, the deprecation of the just because they tell, like the banjo player that had the, 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 the mathematical dog, and people, uh, there's a banjo player one time playing, and he says, I'd like to introduce you to my dog, Rover, the world's smartest mathematical dog. Rover, what's two plus two? And the dog goes, roo, 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 roo. Come on, boy, one more. Uh, the guitar was made in South Africa a couple years ago. I picked it up, and it's pretty good. It's really fun to play. And uh, that's, weird. that's one opening question. Any others? Like, uh, like, uh, what about it? Tell what? <laughs> Roy Yakov was on the Circle album, huh? No, the Circle album, actually, I'm, let's do a song from that, guys. I knew that when I saw... We'll get to Roy Aka. Yeah, we will, for sure. Um, th that when I saw Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs on the Grand Old Opry, when I'd driven out there, there was no Nitty Gritty Dirt Band yet, but I just wanted to see them because I'd been studying their music. And I had bought an album called Songs of the Famous Carter Family that they did. And right when I looked in the Grand Old Opry's north window, Lester said... We're going to bring out Mama Maybell Carter to do the Wildwood Flower. It was a magic time because it was only a... Well, anyway, it kind of sounded like this.
knew right then that someday I was going to meet these people. I knew I wanted to record with them. I got back to L.A. and that's when the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band was starting up. And just four or five years later, that's when Earl Scruggs came to see us. And we ended up in the studio with Mama Maybell Carter. And I'll never forget when she said, on that old record, I started it like this. troubled side of life there's a bright and a sunny side too though we meet with the darkness and strife may the sunny side always come to you keep on the sunny side always on the sunny side keep on the sunny side of life it will help us every day it will brighten all our way If we keep on the sunny side of life Let's pick! Jimmy Martin, some of you know that name out here, I bet. Jimmy Martin was a self-proclaimed king of bluegrass. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jimmy Martin, the king of bluegrass. That's how he introduced himself. In fact, he, he, I remember one time he said to me, John, you've been out to the cemetery to see my gravestone? <laughs> this is, uh, he, he put a gravestone in the cemetery about 10 years before he died. It, it said, here lies the king of bluegrass, Jimmy Martin. Really, he thought everybody had a right to his opinion. <laughs> but, you know, he was right. He was the king of bluegrass, and he gave us a lot of great music and uh, a firm belief in what he was doing and how he said things. Jimmy Martin got right to the point, like one of his songs. 
Hold what you got, I'm coming home, baby. Hold what you got, and I don't mean maybe been thinking about you, and I'm on my way. Don't sell the house, don't wreck the car, just stay there, honey, right where you are. Hold what you got, I'm coming home to stay. <laughs> he could have been a rapper. I got to induct him into the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. So I had to call him, and I wanted to check what I was going to say about him. He said, boy, you just make sure you tell it right. Jimmy Martin says it how he feels it, like this new song I just finished about my new ex-wife. <laughs> it's called I Shouldn't Have Said I Do, But I Did. Well, the way I see it, what good's a gravestone if you don't get to enjoy it? <laughs> I was watching a lot of CNN yesterday. <laughs> this song has got more... Uh, dead bluegrass people in it than, uh, than the Country Music Hall of Fame. Well, we're still kicking. This is a song we wanted Jimmy Martin to do on the Circle album, and we ended up leading off my brother who produced it, put this number one as the number one first song, and it was really perfect. It's about the Grand old Opry. About a gang of fellers way down at Nashville. Let's start with old Red Foley doing his Chattanooga chew. Don't forget Hank Williams and them good old lovesick blues. And it's time for old Roy Aguff to head to Memphis on his train. Minnie Pearl and Rod Brassfield, Lazy Jim Day. Load up your radio, I know that you will wait to hear Little Jimmy Dickinson grab an old cold tater and wait. There'll be guitars and fiddles, a band to pick too. Singing candy kisses, yum yum. Got a hole in my bucket, bring it in that Georgia mail. We'll play the bluegrass breakdown and we'll dance to the chicken reel. And there'll be guitars and fiddles, Earl Scruggs on banjo too. And the famous blue tail fly, string bean and Hank Snow and fiddling chubby wide. There'll be guitars and fiddles and 
take a ride at the Grand Ole every Saturday night. You were asking about Roy Acuff. Well, we didn't know if he was going to show up. We scheduled him for the last, the fifth day. All this album, all 34 songs, we took, took five days to record. It was wonderful. And uh, so he comes in. He said in the Nashville newspaper, I don't know about them nitty-gritty boys. I don't know if they're old boys or young men or what. They're all covered with hair. <laughs> well, we were. <laughs> but he showed up. And he wasn't sure what we were going to do, so we played him four songs that we'd done earlier in the week. And he said, why hell, that ain't nothing but country music. Let's make some more. <laughs> and that's, that's what he said, word for word. <laughs> and this is the first song that we did with him. One of his big hits. Who did you say it was, brother? fell by the way when whiskey and blood run together did you hear anyone pray I didn't hear nobody pray dear brother I didn't hear nobody pray I saw that crash on the highway but I didn't hear stagecraft wow I wish I could change this sad story that I'm telling to you but there is no way I can change it for somebody's life is now through his soul's been called home by the master Brother, I didn't hear 
Thank you, friends. Please don't text and drive. Roy probably wouldn't have said that. I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> well, could he spell? I mean, the, well, they didn't have texting. That's exactly my point. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> you know, I'm really happy you people came tonight because uh, if you'd all made a different decision, <laughs> nobody would be here. <laughs> and uh, that album was a, a very magical time for us. It was a wonderful time in the sense that the generations came together. There were three, three different ge generations represented on that record. And it was, it was a very strange time in America. Kind of like now, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I was living in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was 12. <laughs> well, I'm older than you. I know that. You don't have to rub it in. We can still send Matt to his room, you know. See, when, when Les and I started the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, we didn't have any kids. And within a year, some kids started coming along. And we had to go on the road to buy diapers. And uh, now we're back together going on the road so we can... <laughs> buy diapers. <laughs> oh, it depends. Never mind. Where was I? What a time it was. I mean, the Vietnam War was raging. Nobody knew what was going on. You, you had, you had uh, marches going on. It was so strange that when the, in 1967, because it seemed like a whole, 67 through 72 just seemed like one and a half years in a way. It just went so fast. In 67, we got a job. I was talking to uh, Darian or Damon. I can't remember. Dwayne? Yeah, Dwayne. Darren, yeah. See, <laughs> we got to say thanks to the sound crew and mic crew here. They're doing a great job. But uh, give them a hand. I was telling him about a show that we did. The Buy For Me The Rain came out in February. So by June, we had a hit record. And we got jobs like playing a junior prom. <laughs> Actually, no, it was a senior prom. Wait a minute. It was at the Ambassador Hotel in June of 67. It was in the same room that Robert Kennedy made his last speech in the night before. Boys, don't walk by that yellow tape because they're looking around there for stuff. I mean, isn't that strange? Ah, and in the midst of all that kind of Stuff. That's when the Circle Be Unbroken album was made. And there were no politics in the studio at all. And uh, it was just, like when we went to Russia, there, were, there weren't any politics involved. We were just a bunch of hippies going to Russia. That was really a cool thing. And uh, I did learn something important over there, that, that the whole country, in the whole country of Russia, only 3% were Communist Party members. And they ran the whole country. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here we got it figured out better. It's only 1%. <laughs> and... Oh, come on. One of the things people need to remember is that we're all Americans and we're all in this together. And, and I've got to dedicate this song to a group of people that are my generation that uh, never have gotten enough recognition for what they went through as a Vietnam veteran. 
I want to say welcome home if you haven't been having sex yet. I've been told by many of them that this, this next song made them feel at home, the one we did with Roy Acuff that day.
How about that Matt Carson? It's pretty hot stuff. Any questions? Oh, what? Yes? <laughs> I'll ask a question. Well, how do you mean that? was a hippie playing the banjo. It was really weird. I didn't get along with a lot of the hippies. I, just, I was happy with that. I, mean, I actually ran into a guy in, in uh, L.A. one time. Oh, John, it's really good to see you. I haven't seen you in months, man. How you doing? I said, I'm okay. He said, hey, I got a question for you. Uh, are you a Virgo? I said, no, I'm not a Virgo. Well, I was wondering, I thought you were, are, are, you, are you a Gemini? No, not a Gemini. Uh, uh, are you a Leo? No, I'm not a Leo. Uh, are you a Sagittarius? Uh, yeah, I am. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> you knew some people like that, right? I know there's some people here tonight that used to say things to their friends back in the day. I really got fried last night. Come on, admit it. There's somebody out there that probably said that. Yeah, I can hear you. I think you're, you're trying to hide. And now you say to the same friends, I can't eat that. It's fried. <laughs> oh, come on, boy. I'd like to thank Grandpa Jones for uh, kind of inspiring me to frail the banjo. Back in the day, I'd heard about it, that he didn't play bluegrass. He made a career out of a different style. to do eight more miles in Louisville, to, to Louisville. I didn't know what Louisville was. I didn't know it was really Lovell. <laughs> you know, eight, eight, more, eight more miles to Lovell. We found out. But this banjo's taken me to some unusual places. And situations. Like one time I was in, when I was living in New York with Marilyn, we don't live there right now. But five years ago, the phone rang in our New York apartment. It was a lady with a really high voice. My husband just passed away, and I was wondering, well, he was your biggest fan, and he has all your solo albums and everything, and I wanted to know if, if you'd play at his funeral. Now, isn't that a sweet request? I mean, I don't know how she found my number, but there she was. 
I said, well, what did your husband do? And she said, well, well, for 35 years, he's been the voice of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> That's what I did. I said, oh, you're kidding. No, his name is Wayne Allwine. I said, well, what do you do, ma'am? She goes, I'm the voice of Minnie. <laughs> I didn't believe it at first, but she said they'd met when she was auditioning to be Minnie. And, she, and he had to approve her. Now she wanted me to play at his funeral. And, and sure enough, she knew the, the music. And he always wanted to meet me. And this wasn't how I intended to meet Mickey Mouse. So there I was in Forest Lawn, at Forest Lawn, standing next to his casket. Wayne Allwine, Mickey Mouse, they called them both. Mickey, Wayne, how you doing? And I'm playing for a bunch of people, but not just a bunch of people, okay? I mean, it's like Pluto and Goofy, the fairy godmother, you know. Kermit and Gonzo were there, too. Seriously. Now, isn't that unusual? Isn't that? It got weirder, though, because I'm up there playing, and she hands me his banjo and says, it's time for the song. I'm standing next to Mickey Mouse's coffin, and I have to play. You know the song. Now, see, here's where it really got even weirder. It wasn't just anyone that said Donald Duck. It was Donald Duck. <laughs> then it got stranger. Right here. Now it's time to say goodbye. The coffin starts going in the hole. And then she walks up to it. And says, see you real soon. This is true, okay? <laughs> and everybody said, why? Because we love you. I'd like to dedicate this to Grandpa and say thanks for the inspiration. I recorded this with Earl Scruggs on that Circle album. By the way, out in the lobby, I have some CDs with us. The original Circle album I remastered. It's got extra songs on it. And the new Made in Brooklyn album, which won the Americana Award this year for Best Americana. This is Soldier's Joy.
1972, they said if you don't want to dance with your mother-in-law, you play a little tune called The Turkey and the Straw. Nice hand from Matt Carsonis. Bring him out here. Come on, Matt. Where are you? Matt's got something he's got to tell you. Some songs have an important message, and this is one of them. I think most of them do. This one feels especially poignant. Dedicated to the person sitting right next to you. That'll make sense soon. <laughs> I started in the wrong key. told me just to curl up and die. So I crept out to drown my sorrows at a joint called No Tomorrows where the old man came and looked me in the eye. Old Blevins. I could see he had some wisdom to impart Some story that was etched and burned And stamped upon his heart And then his eyes began to glisten Cause he could see that I would listen And we sat there at that bar Till nearly three this is what old Blevins said to me. Well, he said, blah, 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 in Tijuana. Blah, 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 back. 
1963. He said, blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, <laughs> you should have been there. Blah, 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 is what old Blevins said to me. I sat there and I listened to his words As they flapped around my head like little birds Had he gone plumb round the bend Or could I just not comprehend His lips were writing lines I could not read and suddenly it all came clear to me When he said blah, 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 blah Them crazy hippies Blah, 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 blah No effect on me He said blah, blah, The Great Depression Blah, blah, blah And he would not leave me be well, old Blevins was still speaking As I seized my chance to flee Back home she's never known But I'm not the fool I used to be and I know that a man and a woman's life were somehow changed by a loathsome, toothless geezer, incoherent and deranged. And my memories of that evening fuel an inner mounting fear that I might become old Blevins anywhere that they sell beer. And I say, Blah. Blah, 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 like old Blevins used to say. Old Blevins. Thank you very much. <laughs> he really cracks me up. I just... Don't encourage these people. No questions after that, I'm sure, yeah, okay. I'll tell you what, when we were making this album called Made in Brooklyn, uh, a lot of wonderful things happened. I'd wanted to put the album together with many road friends I'd met over the years, people you may know or not know some of their names, David Bromberg, some of you might know. Oh, okay, good. This would be a perfect room for David to play. He's a, an instrumental, iconic, folk, folky guy. Jay Unger, a fiddle player that did the Ashoka Farewell uh, for the Civil War series. And uh, he played on the whole thing. Andy Gessling from a band called Railroad Earth, a, a music genius that plays like so many things. Yeah. And uh, John Carter Cash is on, on 
couple of songs. How about John Cowan from the Newgrass Revival? Yeah. Cowan did one of the coolest songs on there. But I got a call from uh, Del Bryant, the son of Felice and Boodle Bryant. And he said, my dad recorded some songs in the living room nobody's heard and wanted to know if you'd want to pick one out. Do they now, know who Felice and Boodle are? Uh, give me a chance, I might tell them. <laughs> No, but they, Felice and Boodle wrote things like Rocky Top and Dream. Ah, Wake yeah. up, little Susie, bye-bye, love, love hurts. This is like getting a call from Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> and uh, we picked one out, and this is the one. Uh, could have been, it should be a new classic. Matt does a fine job on this. It's a summertime song. It's about, it's a love song called Favorite Dream. chair to recline in while I gaze into the blue a cottage by a lake accommodations just for two my heart full of contentment my arms full of you that's my favorite dream private little lover's lane that winds among the trees a friendly little cloudlet chasing robins on the breeze. A whispered word of love from you, a tender little squeeze. That's my favorite dream. And in the evening on the patio, we'll cuddle in the glow of the stars that shine. have a way of coming true and darling if they do you will soon be mine, soon be mine. Nice. Favorite dream. 
It's really cool doing that. I feel like I'm in some old picture from 1948 with that song. But we got a new song from John Cable that I think is an important one for people to hear. John, tell them about it. Hi, everybody. I'm John. What's your name? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I raise children like many of us have. I almost wanted to strangle one, as many of us have. But uh, this is a song for him. Uh, when he was a teenager, we, uh, we, we didn't know some nights whether he was going to come home or not, so we were a little worried about him. He ended up being a pretty good human being. Uh, he's a grown-up, pays his own bills. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but uh, this, this was uh, for him when he was going through his troubles. And I, I hope... In a way, I hope you can't relate. <laughs> it's called Wild Ride.
John Cable, that ought to be on a record. <laughs> Thank you. Funny you should mention it. If you look out there at the merch table, mine is underneath most of John's. <laughs> kind of have to dig for it. But it has many lovely John Cable compositions, along with that one. Uh, I'd like to say again, thanks for everybody, to everybody for com coming out tonight. It really has been a good night for us. and it's uh, Let's do Finger Buster, guys. These people like hot mandolin and guitar stuff. So. And you haven't really shined on that thing yet. Uh, you're playing some good stuff. I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything there. But I want to put, put you to the test. Thank you. Maybe there'll be some... No, I'm not gonna, I can't say you, you might get lucky or something. Lucky? No, he, what Matt's does that not mean? in the market for a new girlfriend. Uh, or even an old one. <laughs> He hasn't given up on girls. He did tell me he shaved one leg so he could feel like he's sleeping with one. But, uh... Nubs. Any questions? <laughs> Why? Uh, thank you for being with us tonight. Like I said to my mom, thanks for having me. And uh, My mom was really a... Uh, a neat person, a supporter. Uh, Matt knew her too. It's a, it's a, I'm glad Jerry was the best. Yeah. So when she, she made it all the way to 91. Yeah. I was, and I must have heard at least twice a week, I still have my own teeth. <laughs> oh. She turned 90. She said, All I want for my birthday is one of those iPad things that I've heard about so I can contact all my old friends. <laughs> I got her a Ouija board. <laughs> well, let's do Finger Buster, guys. Uh, it goes like this. Thank you. 
John Cable, Matt Personas, Les Thompson. John McEwen and the String Wizards. What do you think? Is that a show? Think we might get them back for one more. Hey, John. We just came out to get our stuff, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, these are all the people that don't have cable, I guess. Huh? We've got cable. <laughs> yeah, how many I times like this, this crowd. I've never heard that before. <laughs> this is one of the songs that's on the uh, new album, uh, Made in Brooklyn. I wrote this about five years ago or so and was glad to put it on the album.
Thank you. We got to pick a bluegrass tune before we go. Is that okay? Matt's got a message to send out. I'm going to send out a thank you also to the, the Dillards because I wouldn't be picking if it hadn't been for them. And they're just up in Salem, Missouri. The Ozarks have been a lot to my life. I was a kid in Orange County when the Dillards first came out there, and they were talking about this weird place called the Ozarks. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And uh, they let me in on some of it. But this song is a kind of a grew out of that. A what little a note from prison, from us to you. Ah. I want to thank your local uh, music store for letting us use a bass tonight. It even has Minnie Pearl's tag on it. Howdy. I just want to know what's for supper, Grandpa. What's for supper, Grandpa? I think Grandma's beans and Auntie's jeans. Oh, you can't remember. <laughs> Does that really have Minnie Pearl's autograph on it? Oh, oh, I... <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, I... <laughs> I'm pretty gullible, you know. <laughs> I was fortunate to meet Minnie, Minnie Pearl, thanks to working with Roy Acuff and hanging out in his dressing room. And one night I was at the Opry and uh, I was watching them, Roy and Minnie out there. I, I couldn't do that. If I did this at the Opry, I'd still be in jail. I'm sure of it or something. <laughs> Minnie was saying, uh, Roy's up there talking, saying, Minnie and I got a song picked out for y'all. And uh, Roy, what's this suppository doing in your ear? And Minnie and I just love being here tonight with y'all. Roy, what's that suppository doing in your ear? And Minnie and I, what are you saying, Minnie? What's that suppository doing in your ear? And Roy said, I got to call my wife. <laughs> Why do you have to call your wife? Because I think I know where my hearing aid is. <laughs> that was pretty risque for back then. I've been in this prison 20 years or more Shot my woman with 44 I'll be right here till my dying day I got 99 years in one dark day Well, the food is bad, all the beds are hard Spend all day breaking rocks in the yard when there ain't no change, gonna sit that way. I got 99 years in one dark day. Go on, John. Singer, gonna sing a song. It's 
thank you all. We'll see you in the lobby, I hope. We'll be right out. Thank you. John Cable, Matt Carsonis of West Thompson. John McCune and the String Wizards. Like you said, he'll be out there in a couple minutes.